Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate teen mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome to Feathers in My Hair. This week I have, I'm doing things differently. As in, I am sitting in Atlantic City, New Jersey in the Caesars Hotel and Casino. I'm looking at the ocean actually because I have an ocean view and I'm here with my dear, dear friend, Billy Roberts. Hi everybody. I am sitting here too, but I have a view of like the back of a hotel. (laughs) Oh yeah, because Billy's chair is facing the opposite. See, the thing is we're not really in like a hotel front or an oceanfront room technically, so you have to be facing one way to see the ocean and, you know privilege of the host. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Billy and I met through Emotionally Broken Psychos. Billy heard me on Molly's podcast, added me on Twitter. We talked a decent amount on Twitter. And then I don't remember how just we decided to... I know why we met up because I happen to be like in the Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. But I don't remember like when we decided to become IRL friends. Well, I remember that that was my first year of doing my Real Housewife cards. Holiday cards. Yes. So I hit you up because I wanted to send you one. And then I think from there we just started talking more and yeah. like, let's meet up. That must have been it. And then we've been friends ever yes. since. Um, I now no longer live in Florida, so we don't see each other that much. But Billy uh, is able to fly very easily for free um, via – he used to work in an airline – and so he can fly for free. So we decided to go see the fair fight in Atlantic City. However, it's no longer the fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> it is now the Hoops Nat D fight. Now, if you don't know who Nat D is, that's okay. She was on two seasons of Mob Wives. Um, I think she was like the garbage dumpster juice one. That that was her favorite line. Yeah, I think so. I mean. She's not Rattly. <laughs> there were two Natalies, right. and they called one Rattly. Billy and I love Mob Wives, so we're okay with it because we're going to see Natty. We're going to see our beloved Jarita from Mob Wives, <laughs> and Kate and Tyler are also going to be there. So as of right now, our plan is to go to this fight, and then either tonight or tomorrow probably record a bonus episode. I'm not... guaranteeing it because we don't know what this fight is going to be like. And there might be literally nothing to talk about. But if there's at least 25 minutes worth of stuff to talk about, we'll definitely record back. Um, I please not beg you all, but I really suggest you guys all come and follow my Instagram account for this podcast. It's EBP underscore feathers. I've been posting a lot on it. Uh, I'm getting a lot of comments. It's really fun. I comment back, obviously. And I'm going to Instagram live it and then, like, save the story because you can do that now, right? Like, I don't really Instagram live ever, but I'm going to do it on my story. I'll figure it out. You guys will be able to see it. Hopefully, it's going to be fun. If not, whatever. We're having a nice weekend together. We had a big breakfast this morning. We're going to this Italian place for dinner tonight. So, regardless, we're having a grand Yeah. (laughs) In Atlantic City in November. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to Team Mom, we are meeting up again. Yeah. 
So we are going to do the recap. We just I just watched Team Mom Young and Pregnant. I didn't take notes on Team Mom Young and Pregnant, but so let's quick not quickly, but let's talk about that first. So I would say my biggest takeaway from that episode from Young and Pregnant is that I don't understand why Ashley let Shen watch the baby without Bar or herself there. She makes this big deal about how she needs a restraining order from Shen. And whatever, they made up, and then she's like, okay, now Shen's going to take the baby. I just don't understand the level of trust. I I agree. However, me being a viewer and loving Shen, I feel like Shen, like, I want Shen to babysit me, you know? (laughs) So... Like, I, I, I'm okay with it. It makes absolutely no sense, but I am okay with it. Billy and I want, like, a half-hour Shen spinoff series. Just, like, a quick 25 minutes where we just watch Shen, like, go about this world. Yeah. I, I want to see her day-to-day. I want to yeah. see her going out. I, she's single, right? Uh, she's a husband? Question mark? Okay, question well, mark. I, I want to see her, like, She's a husband? Question dates. mark. Yeah, I just... <laughs> I want to see, like, a... a Fighting for justice. Yes, exactly. Yes. (laughs) Traveling cross-country to see her son. Yeah, Yeah, same. I... Shed is, like, a very compelling character to me, but I think she is almost too much in Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, if that makes sense. Like, she's so dramatic, and Ashley's very dramatic, and I think the two of them push over... Okay, in reality TV, there has to be, at least in my opinion, for me as a viewer, there has to be this, like, perfect line between enough drama and too much drama. And when it's too much drama, it's, like, a bad, bad girls club season. <laughs> and it, you're just like, this is stupid. It's like, true. they fight too much when there's no heart to it. Yeah. When there's nothing endearing. It's just, like, drama after drama. Don't get me wrong, like... There has to be drama. But there's a very fine line to when it gets to be too much. And I do feel like Shen and Ashley together kind of push that into too much territory where it just becomes so outrageous. You're like, I really don't care about this. Like, and that's how I kind of have unfollowed Shen on most social media because it in real life, it's too much drama. Like her online stuff and Ashley's online stuff, like, it's too much drama where you're just not interested in it. There has to be just enough drama that you, like, want to keep watching. You're, like, excited to see what happens. And I would like to see Shen on her own because I think if it was her own show revolving around her, it could just be fun, crazy drama, not too much drama. Agreed. Agreed. And I I feel like Shen could be what Babs is to Team Mom, too. You know, like, I feel like she could be the Babs of Young and Pregnant. Um, see, I don't think so, because I think at the heart of Barbara, there is, at the core of Barbara and Janelle, there is some sort of heart there. Fair. That is not there with Shen. I don't know who I would compare her to, but it's not a Barbara. It's more of like a Butch. Okay. I was thinking. Or like an April. Of uh, Kale's mom. Maybe? A Susie, yeah. yeah, like early season Susie, yeah, I agree. I think Shen though is like, I get what you're saying, like that she could be like Barbara, and I like I understand she could be like a central character that's like important and funny and like you laugh at her, but I also think Shen is like very dark in a way that Barbara is not. Yes, well, Shen isn't going to really care that much about the child. Yes, yes, and Barbara like is not going to physically fight right, Janelle. True. Like Janelle will attack Barbara. As we saw in early seasons. <laughs> but, um, like, sh- there's just, like, a level of 
natural family dynamics at play between Barbara and Janelle that is not there with Shen and Ashley. And, like, I think maybe if Shen wasn't so crazy online, she could be. But I think when we get, like, the reality is Barbara doesn't go on Instagram live and, like, show Janelle's panties and be like, this is what a dirty girl's panties look like. Wait, Shen did that? Yeah, the Ashley. It, like, I think. Or it was, like, one of Shen's draw. Yeah. Like, there's but, just, but, like, like, constant, yeah. like, she talks about Ashley's vagina a lot. Like, it's just, like, it's so much in a way that Barbara is not. And I think also the issue, okay, so I think Barbara can be bad because Janelle is so bad that, like, Barbara looks better in comparison. True. Where Ashley isn't as bad as Janelle. Ashley's bad, but in a very different way than Janelle. So, like, you're rooting for Barbara because Janelle is, like, a monster. And you wouldn't root for Shen. Yeah. Because Ashley's not a monster. Ashley's annoying and she's dramatic. But she's not destructive. She's not... uh, I mean, not like... Not like Janelle. Like, she's not leaving her kid. Like, She's still showing up and doing what Mm-mm. she needs to do. In this episode, she says she got a full-time job. Like, she has a level of responsibility that Janelle has never shown in her entire life. Well, did Janelle was, um, oh my god, the, who, what's the son? I forget his name. Jace. Jace. Oh my god. How, <laughs> so was Jace born, and, like, at what point did the custody... Like, like so oh, early. Okay. Like, so, remember, like, in the first or second episode of Team Mom 2 That's what, is okay. when they showed, like, did the custody papers. Like, I think even by the end of 16 and Pregnant... Oh, wow. I need to like, do a rewatch. I know. I know. It's hard. Honestly, though, it's Ashley like. Ashley has custody of her baby. Yeah, still, Ashley so, has yeah, custody you know. of her baby. Like, I don't think there's any question of cus- of her not having custody of her baby. Like, I just think that it's a little different for Ashley. So you don't root for Shen. Right. Because Ashley's not bad enough of a person that you would root for Shen. But I do think Shen on her own could be like a real star. <laughs> Yes. A real star. Um, so we also, so we just watched this episode. Billy had already watched it, but I just watched it. And Brianna, the house that Brianna and her family got is very nice. We like it a lot. Okay, my feeling on Brianna contacting Brayson's family is, do I think it's her job? No. But I don't think it's about whose job it is. I don't think it's about what's fair. I think Brianna's really only thinking about herself. And we were watching, like, in the last scene, she's talking to Robert. And she's like, me, 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 me. And, like, didn't mention Brayson basically once. Right. And I think it's, like, she has hurt feelings. I understand. But I think Jessica had a point when she was like, I think you need to reach out to his parents. And I also think, like... Jessica's sick of being the only support that they have and the only grandparent they have. And I think that when Brayson's older, if he looks, you know, if he says, Brianna, like, why don't I know, mom, why don't I know my family? And she says, well, your father never reached out to me and he has me blocked on Facebook. And he said, like, fuck you. And so I said, fuck you. Like, I don't think that's a good enough explanation. I I agree. Um, I think that Brianna should suck it up and, um, reach out to his family, give them an opportunity to know and establish a relationship with Brayson. However, what I love about Brianna is I feel like she gives us a lot of, like, vibes from other teen moms. Like, I get some Farah, some Janelle. Um, yeah? Well, because with Farah, Farah, at first, we didn't know that oh, yeah. dad was dead. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, she really had was expressing no interest in anything yeah. with the father and was really all about herself. 
That's true. You know, I never would have thought of it like that, but yeah, I can see that. And just like really relied on her parents and it was like this dad didn't exist in any way and his family doesn't exist and it's not her job. Yeah, and that as much is as true. I love Debs. I love her, but I feel like Deborah um, is a bad person. <laughs> yeah, along with like I think Jessica. I mean, she cares about her kid, but she. I think deep down, Jessica uh, really wants the teen mom money. I mean, yeah, and I think that's, so like, too. Her her motive with this, like, yeah, because like, how, why are you going to like drive cross country without? Yeah. Having a, a game plan and move up through. I don't know. It's like, it makes no freaking sense. It doesn't make sense. And I will say that Billy, like, loves villains. Yeah. <laughs> like, and when he says he loves Deb, he doesn't mean he, like, thinks Deb is a good person. Right. He just, like, loves to watch crazy people on yeah, TV. Yeah, like, I want to watch her perform that rap thing. Like... <laughs> Remember when they were in Italy and went to karaoke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those... And Deb's, Debs will put her, like... She'll do whatever for camera time. She doesn't yeah. care for oh. putting her down. Like, oh yeah, she will. It. She would let Farah like literally whip her. Yeah. on TV. <laughs> She'd be like, "Do you want to dom me?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, baby. Well, it's kind of like <laughs> when the whole like sex tape thing happened. She at first was like very disgusted by it. Yeah, I, I can't exactly remember what she was saying. But, but then, then she was like, "Everybody watches porn." And then she wanted like her liquid facelift <laughs> yeah. that Farah paid yeah. for. It. Oh I man! I could see that being a Jessica. But. Yes. So, who else is on the show? Oh, Kayla's just. This was a depressing episode for Kayla. I really, really feel for Jamie. Really feel for Jamie. Yeah. Um. There's not that much to say. I didn't think about Kayla. I understood the situation that Kayla's in, and I really felt for her when she was like, "Everybody's going to be mad and judge me, but I don't want to get the protective order." And I think she made the wrong choice, but I can understand her choice. Well, her friend said that said that you can get the the two year protective order and drop it at any time, which I don't know how true that that is. But if that, I don't think that at least in Pennsylvania, like that's not really how it works. You would have to like go through. You don't just like you're not just like dropped. Right, like, right. like <laughs> you just like you yell like it's dropped. <laughs> Yeah, but you have to, I think, I think that there is a way to undo Mm -hmm. it. I don't think it's, like, a very easy process. I don't know. I think she should, the reality is, is that, like, you can get it and then you can just ignore it. That's true. Like, that's, like, 90, not 90%, a large percent of protection from abuse orders, unfortunately, because the dynamics of abusive relationships just get ignored because... The woman start the victim starts to miss the abuser. The abuser manipulates his way back in. Like it's just a piece of paper, right? Like they could get the protection order and then ignore it for the entire time. I also don't see Stefan necessarily following that. Yeah, I think that Kale is just like in a tough position, and I think that she is kind of. I think she's frustrated that people are giving her their opinion and i think she is like naturally rebelling against her mom and her friends a little bit and i think she doesn't like that her friends and her mom feel like they know what's best for her even though they do and so i think she's like well i need to do what's best and like i'm the only one that can make this decision and i think she's like exerting her like being an adult in the wrong place yes well if it were you if you were Kayla, what do you think you would do in that situation? I mean, like, if I was Kayla, like, 
if I was me and I was 18 years yes. old, I'd probably do the same thing Kayla did. Same. Because like, I was like, a fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, I did the same thing Kayla did, basically. I was just smart enough not to have a fucking baby. <laughs> like, that's the difference between Kayla and I is that, like, I never dragged a baby into it. But, like, I had a step in, you know, like, I think a lot of us did. So, like, I have a lot of empathy for her. But at the same time, it's, like, hard to, it's, like, you want to just be, like, stop it, stupid. And I really, the person I feel for most in this is Jamie, her mom, yeah. who, like, is literally there for her every minute of raising this baby, who is financially supporting them. They're living in her house, and she has to deal with the repercussions of something she has no control over. I mean, that's not true. She has control. She can make she Kayla can. leave and refuse to have a relationship with Kayla or grandson, but that's very difficult. And I just can't imagine, like, how just like frustrating and like trapped by it i can't imagine how trapped jamie feels by kayla's decisions and that's like that's a nightmare well i think jamie also has some authority that she could be maybe using yeah like you you like to do this like you can't live here yeah that's true like if you don't like if you don't keep this restraining order you cannot live here by the way kayla just moved out with her friend annabelle and her new boyfriend Ooh, okay because you know why wouldn't you move in with your new boyfriend when you've been together for four months and have a small child yeah 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 yeah. great choice but you know it wouldn't be teen mom if she didn't do that that's true (laughs) i think that shows that she's finally getting some substantial teen mom checks yeah it's funny because i saw someone on reddit be like he seems like a good guy i'm like we literally know nothing (laughs) about him except that he's handsome like and like they take cute instagram pictures together like we don't know anything but fingers crossed that he's a good guy is she still working at ulta i think so okay I think they're all still working. Good. Well, the ones well, that the like ones that, yeah. have had jobs, but is, I think she's still working. Is Brianna at the hotel? Um, I don't know. She works because okay. she mentioned like I've seen her post like I hate dropping Brayson off at daycare. Like I wish I could just be with him. Yeah, I think she works, but I don't know where she works. Okay, I totally see her being somebody that just jumps from job to job, and yeah, I mean like from one shitty job to another. That, yeah, I mean I think like not for nothing. I think that's just like her and her mom are poor true and i think that's just like the reality of poverty it's just like you move from one shitty minimum wage job or little or like one waitressing job to the next like i don't think that's like unique to them so one thing this is a kind of little side tangent but the money that they make Mm -hmm. how do you think the money is dispersed to them is it like a lump sum per season or um i'm pretty sure they get paid by episode and then at the end of the season, they get, like, ratings bonuses okay. and, like, finishing bonus, like, complete filming bonuses. But I think they get paid, like, a little bit at the beginning and then at the end, too. Got it. But, yeah, I think um, they're still... Ugh, Young and Pregnant is still in season one, technically, which is such bullshit. And I think that they'll probably get, like, substantial pay increases. if it. I bet, like, because they're probably filming for season two right now. And they probably all got, like, a bump. Like, right. not, like, a crazy bump. Not, like, making money like the other girls, but they probably got, like, 30000 for this season, and they probably got bumped up to, like, seventy five for the season, okay. which yeah. is... That's a nice uh, yeah, especially for being their age. And... Yeah, for not having any sort of work history or degrees and or... Ashley, they all live in, like, suburban areas, yeah, so that money's yeah. gonna go far. So, you know, if I bet they got, like, a 
at least a double amount of salary. So, yeah, so Kayla can have her own apartment, and we're going to start seeing, like, the little hints yes. of Teen Mom money coming through next season. I, I, I'm excited to see that transition, because um, they're still going to be broke-ish. Well, like, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to have some money, but I really enjoy seeing them struggle and sweat. Yeah, I mean, I think we all do, and it's, like, part of reality TV, like, kind of falls into two categories where it's either like aspirational or it's poverty porn yeah you know because like watching real housewives or people struggle exactly like i don't think there's a big desire and even if they're not necessarily struggling financially they're like they have some sort of adverse like little people big world or like you watch someone who has six kit like john and kate mm-hmm. because like even if they're not necessarily financially struggling even though in most cases they are on reality tv like, they offer something that, like, is a struggle that's, like, unique to them that, like, most people do not face. And we just don't want to see people that look like us that have lives like us on TV. It's not interesting. So, like, yeah, watching them struggles, like, the the stakes are much higher in Brianna's segment right yes. now. Oh, yeah. Knowing that they possibly cannot pay rent. Like, it's interesting. Yeah. It's like shit or get off the pot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so Brie, not Brianna, Lexi. Ugh, Lexi. Kyler is the worst. The worst. Thank Ugh. God for Amber, Lexi's mom, who finally was like, you have no respect for yourself, and you let Kyler walk all over you, like, finally. And while we were watching this, I said to Billy, like, the sad thing is, is that, like, this is just a normal teen relationship. Like, there's really, like, is Kyler an asshole? Yes. A hundred percent. But it's not like, he's not beating her. He's not, he's not awful. He's not awful, awful, awful to her. But he's mean to her. And it's just such a, like, it's such a 17-year-old's relationship. But they have a fucking baby. Yeah. And what's, what's kind of odd to me is, like, he's very cold and kind of distant to her. But wants her to move to Arizona with him. I know. It doesn't make sense, which is why I always wonder, like, what they're like together right. without the camera. But I don't know, because Amber was like, it doesn't seem like he respects you. He doesn't. And she was like, well, you know, like, you just don't know. Like, you don't see the side, this other side of us. Like, of course, everybody believes that about their relationship. Like, the yeah. private side when we're in the bedroom together. And, like, you don't see that. But it's clear that Amber, because I'm, like, sitting here, I'm like, well, maybe they're different off camera. But I think Amber makes it pretty clear that they're not that different off camera. But why haven't we, I don't think we've seen them once, like, being, like, romantic and cute together. They Do you remember they, like, went out to dinner at the end of last season? Yeah. But even that, yeah, like, they don't, like, like, Ashley and Barr I like to watch because they're obviously friends. They're always laughing. Yes. Um, Jade and Sean yell at each other. So they're, like, there's some heat there that, like, it's yep. not positive and it's not good, but like there's something there's going something, on between yes. the two of them that like causes them friction and they like have this like thing going on with them. Even like Stefan and Kayla, I can see them like being drawn to each other, but Lexi and Kyler are just there. Yeah. They're... They don't fight, but they also don't love. Yeah. They just like <clears throat> exist together and he's just mean to her and she's just like, okay. Yeah, but the and the whole promise ring, like for leaving me alone for yeah. a day, it just ugh, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, but Amber saying like I don't think he respects you when I think you let him walk all over you to me like really proves that this is like their dynamic all right. the time because I don't think she would say that if there was like if Kyler off camera was like super nice and caring. I agree. 
Um, I also want everybody to comment on my Instagram post if you think Kyler has ever gone down on Lexi. Because <laughs> my theory is he did it once for like 15, 20 seconds and didn't like it and has never gone back down again. I think I agree with that. And I also think poor Lexi's never had an orgasm. <laughs> also, I think Lexi's 17, so we probably shouldn't Should... be talking about this. But they have a baby! Yeah. <laughs> We're allowed. <laughs> the stakes are just so high for their, like, such boring, stupid teen relationship. And that's why you don't have babies with your right. boring, stupid teen boyfriend. My boyfriend in high school, my senior year, we had such a relationship like this where, like, I just, like, fucking was so obsessed with him. And he, like, did not care about me very much. Yeah. <laughs> like, would, like, cheat on me. And, like, he was ever really mean to me. Like, he was... We didn't, like, scream at each other. It wasn't like that. He just, like, did not care about me, like, one one-hundredth of the amount that I cared about him. So very much like Lexi and Kyler. And, like, the idea of us, like, raising the stakes to a baby is, like, so insane in my head. And I'm so glad that I didn't do that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, fortunately for me, I will never experience a pregnancy scare. No. So. <laughs> no. No, you're not a straight... I'm not having a straight man on my podcast. <laughs> Sorry, no, guys. <laughs> I think it's my time to go. <laughs> so I think that's it for Team Mom Young and Pregnant. And after a quick break, we're going to go on to OG. All right. Macy's episode was terrible. Um, I really, like, am ready for Macy to be off of Teen Mom. I agree. Um, I, I think it's it, there's really nothing there. However, I have a slight confession. Yeah. Like, the last season or so, I've been finding, um, oh my, what's his face? The husband. Taylor. Taylor. I've been finding him to be a little more attractive. If he would just fix his beard. Yes. It's yes. his beard. If he just had, like, a short, like, close-cut beard, I think he'd look really good. It's that disgusting, like, scraggly. Like, Billy yes. has a beard, so I'm, like, looking. If he had a it's... beard like yours, which you guys can't see, because this is not a visual medium... But if he just had, like, a close... It's, like, that scraggly pube beard that, yeah. like, really, like... <laughs> like, because like, I just think about, like, the strands of hair, like, being on everything. And it just, bleh, just grosses me out. Yeah. So, besides that, there's really nothing there. I feel like almost all the scenes with Macy are forced. They're all they forced. I don't think Macy has any sort of life that translates to reality TV. And I think that's great yeah. for her. I think that's great for her in real life. The reality is she has three kids. Two of them are very little. She apparently has some, like, internet marketing business that she does full-time. I'm using quotation marks because right. I'm not sure <laughs> what Macy's full-time is versus what my full-time is. Um, but she has, like, a marketing company she runs. They have the t-shirt business. They go to back-to-school nights and baseball games. And she has her friends come over and they drink beer. And I just don't think there's anything interesting to that and if ryan's not on the show it's like okay well i don't care to watch jen larry mckenzie talk about ryan like it it just i just don't there's really no points to her scenes and they're not even like it's a lot like chelsea but even worse than chelsea because we know that there is some drama and like we're not getting it I don't know. I just don't think any of it translates well to reality TV anymore. And I think that's okay. She's been on TV for 10 years. It's okay that, like, she has grown up and her life is not compelling anymore to be on a show called Teen Mom. Yeah, I'd rather see, like, a Macy catch up every so often. I would love that. 
once you know, a year. Make me miss her. Once a year to get a like yep. forty-five minute being Macy. Yes. I could so do that. I could so do that. And we just see where the kids are. We see what's going on with Ryan. Like that's all we need. A a week to week Macy segment has just been like killing me. Like I'm just so bored. The only interesting thing that happened in this scene wasn't even about Macy. It's that we found out that Ryan was back in rehab and. You know, Mackenzie, I agreed with her that it's better for Ryan to be in rehab now and to miss the birth. Um, I don't believe Jen when she said that uh, Ryan just had a little, he had a relapse or like a slip up and things weren't out of control and he just wants to get better before things are out of control. Um, They really made it seem like Ryan like came to them and was like, mom and dad, like, please put me back in rehab. I found that I found this place online and it looks great. They even said Ryan picked the place. They, they I, gave him three options and he chose one. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, that, I I completely agree. I just don't find it that believable that that's what happened. I think most likely Mackenzie caught him. Uh, maybe he wasn't that bad right now because that happens. Like you know, you have a relapse. Like things aren't that bad, but you get caught pretty early, and your family's level of tolerance for your fuck-ups are a lot lower. So I could believe that, like, maybe things hadn't totally spun back out of control. But, like, it was not wrong. I I find it very hard to believe the Ryan that we know, like, just decided to get better. Especially the Ryan that did so well in rehab the first time he graduated early. Exactly. So, So, but you know what? Ryan has stayed. He's been there since this happened. Like, I think he's been there for over two months now. And, like, I... I just want everybody to remember, like, when we discuss Ryan, like, just the reality that Ryan will probably die if he does not stay sober. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I think the gravity of it gets so lost by Jen Larry McKenzie downplaying it, by the fact that Ryan can be an asshole, by the fact that we're talking about characters, characters on reality TV, and that we haven't had anybody from Teen Mom die. And I think that, like... We really need to remember that, like, Ryan is dealing with, like, an extremely deadly disease where people die, like, hundreds of people die a day in this country from overdosing from heroin. And that, like, I think that just that fact gets lost. And I think part of it is because Mackenzie and, or, like, Jen, Larry, Mackenzie, like, won't, they don't take it that seriously. No, they don't. I don't think they're able to take it that seriously. I think it's like a protection measure and also a saving face measure. And you know what? If Ryan's going to go to rehab for three months, personally, like, I think that's great. I don't think it really matters how he got there. And if I find it frustrating that they're still needing to do this. Like, it's Ryan's choice. Ryan wants to get better. Ryan's a good dad. He just wants to be there for his kids. And it's like, we don't need to front with all of that. Like, it's okay. It's okay that Ryan is an addict and he relapsed and now he's in treatment. And there doesn't need to be this, like, he chose it. Like, Yeah, and the fact is, is how many addicts are going to just one day be like, you know what? I'm relapsing. I I need to go to rehab. And, like, I guess at his level. Yeah, not, I mean, most people, and it's so funny because you always hear, like, People won't get better unless they want to get better, which is true. But, like, the most, the reality is, like, most people, I mean, I did, but the reality is most people don't get to rehab. Um, Sorry, most people don't go to rehab by choice. Yeah. It's, like, the decisions they make when they're in there. 
it doesn't really matter and they talk about that on intervention like that it doesn't really matter like the re how they get them to rehab it's like when they're there they have to make the choice so i don't know i kind of am like over dissecting every little bit of like how jen larry and mackenzie respond to ryan just because we don't see ryan and it's kind of all the same it's all the same and also it's like it's hard like how can we sit here and be like oh, well, we know Ryan made this, or we know Ryan didn't make this. Or, like, we don't even know how Ryan's been acting. Because at least in the past when Ryan went to rehab or whatever, like, we saw Ryan on yep. TV. Like, we knew there was a lot more to discuss, and now it's just like, okay, Ryan was in jail last week, but everybody was insisting he was still sober, and then this week he's in rehab. Yeah. I didn't even put that freaking together. But I he think there was actually a lot of, I think... There was, like, over a month oh, okay. in between, like, those two scenes, even though they're week to week. Because I know you said you weren't exactly sure of what caused that. It's really hard to tell, but yeah. it makes sense. But I think he was arrested in, like, July, and then I don't think he went to rehab until, like, September. Okay, so all, what we're seeing now is all filmed recently in September. Pretty recently, because oh. she's, like, pregnant, pregnant there. Did you notice yes, how pregnant I, she yes. was? And she had the baby, I think, excuse me, like, right in mid-October. Wow, okay. So... Like, I think that was, like, and Bentley started school, and so I'm guessing that's, well, that doesn't even, I think Bentley's scenes are growing on mid-August, probably, or end of August, and then I would bet those scenes with Jen oh, and Larry yeah, are, like, beginning of September. Which, I have to say, that reminds me, the only thing I care about with Macy's segments are Bentley's accent. I know, it's Bentley's so, so cute. cute. He's so cute. Okay, so, now we're going to talk about Kate. Who had a tough episode. Well, Kate and Tyler. Okay, first of all, I want to read... Shout out to Fiona, who found this for me. Um, Caitlin and Tyler's visitation agreement with Brandon and Teresa. We got a screenshot of it, like, last year when it was on MTV. Like, when they were with Dawn and they were discussing what was owed to them. So, we're going to discuss it. Okay, so, first of all, it's not a contract. And part of it, it says, This openness agreement is made between Caitlin and Tyler and Brandon and Teresa with regards to Carly, who was born on 5-18-2009. We agree to participate in the following type of ongoing communication for the benefit of Carly and ourselves. Oh, and right before that, you can't really read it, but it says this is dependent on trust. So here's what it says for communication. Brandon and Teresa agree to send pictures in an update letter every three months for the first year and two times a year thereafter for 18 years. Caitlin and Tyler would like, a, like to send birthday and Christmas gifts to Carly. Caitlin and Tyler are requesting a DVD recording of birthdays through the age of five years old. Tyler, Tyler would like to specifically request a photo of Carly alone at each birthday through age 18. Exchange of these items will take place through Bethany Christian Services, Madison Heights location. Caitlin and Tyler will respond to updates and letters written to them. Caitlin and Tyler will provide childhood pictures of themselves and current pictures. Caitlin and Tyler may request visits with the adoptive family in the future to be initiated by Caitlin and Tyler and at the discretion of the adoptive family as they determine what is the best interest of the child. Okay, did you guys hear that? I think it's extremely important to bring this up and read it because a lot of misinformation has been going around. First of all, I think a lot of people need to go back and watch Caitlin and Tyler 16 and Pregnant in which they agreed to a semi-open adoption. I think some people need to go back and rewatch early seasons where Brandon and Teresa wouldn't even let Caitlin and Tyler have their phone number. 
Um, there has never, ever been, as I just read, a guarantee to visit in that in that open agreement. There was, I've been seeing a lot, like, they guaranteed visits or they guaranteed visits until there were five. No, it was never guaranteed. I think that, first of all, I think Caitlin and Tyler and Brandon and Teresa were mismatched from the beginning by Bethany Christian Services. Brandon and Teresa wanted a closed adoption. Caitlin and Tyler wanted an open adoption. Brandon and Teresa agreed to a semi-open adoption to get a baby. Um, I think Bethany Christian Services should have stepped in and not, like, not allowed that. Caitlin and Tyler should have been paired with a family that was interested in having a much more open adoption. Second of all, in my opinion, Brandon and Teresa agreed to a one-off special. They agreed to a one-hour special called 16 and Pregnant. They agreed to go to that reunion show. They were on the cover of, like, two very low-circulation magazines, like Adoption Magazine and, like, Christian Adoption. Like, <laughs> not like they were not on the cover of People Magazine. Right, yeah. uh, maybe they did an Us Weekly spread early. I don't, I would have to double-check that. But this was all in, like, 2009. <laughs> they did not agree to a 10-year commitment in which their child would be the main storyline on a TV show. I can't, I can't even imagine that. Um, you know, there's a difference between agreeing to a one-off special about their infant and agreeing to, like, Carly and her name being in popular culture for the next 10 years. Yeah, and Carly is a, is a, a kid, and they really just wanted to... I hope show their side. Yeah, I think they they're also Christian. They believe that like God chose the adoption. Like I think that they were on those adoption magazines because they want to like promote adoption and Christian adoption positively. And also like they got to control that. I can't imagine being the parent of a child in the year 2018 where there's no privacy. Um, I think it's already hard enough to be the parent of a child in 2018 where there's no privacy and decide, like, do I want my kid on social media? I don't want any pictures of my kid on social media. Um, And have your child be a main character on a show of which you have no fucking control over. None. They don't get a fucking say. They don't get a say. Like, I can't, I can't imagine that. And, like, Brandon and Teresa, like, yeah, their last name isn't necessarily on the show, but, like, if you watch a show and you saw them, like, you would know, and you would know they're with Carly. Yeah, and I mean, in, with the, today's day and age with the internet, you can f- practically find anything you eat want. Their adri- so. You can probably get their address. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I've been seeing a lot, like, they shouldn't have agreed to the adoption because they knew about MTV, but, like, they didn't. It, it was, again, this was 16 and pregnant. Nobody knew what it was going to They didn't even into. know Teen Mom would exist. Yeah. And they were they were nice enough to... To, you know, show up and they yeah. were at the wedding. You know, there yeah. were some really nice moments. I think that I think that Bethany Christian Services is the people who fucked up here. I think they should not have put Brandon and Teresa with a, a, a birth parents that wanted such an open adoption. See, I think that it would be um different if sorry, I'm getting a Charlie horse. <laughs> Forgive me. Um, I think it would be different if the show wasn't around. Because yeah. Caitlin, I mean, they're they're probably keeping up with the show in some capacity. And Caitlin has been to rehab back to Yeah. Back. So I wanted to get into that. I'll get into that when we get. Okay. I'm not quite at the, like, right now where we are. 
I just want to really talk about the fact that I think Bethany Christian Services did not manage one. First of all, Bethany Christian Services probably should have never allowed to facilitate 16 and pregnant coming in and casting one of their interested birth parents. You know, like I think because yeah. that's how MTV found oh, Kate really? and Tyler. Yeah, okay. through they reached out to adoptive agencies because they wanted to do an adoption storyline. Okay. That so not great to begin with. Not great. Um, I would call that possibly unethical with underage yeah. teen parents. Two, I think that Dawn and the agency just never correctly managed Caitlin and Tyler's expectations of what a semi-open adoption was. I think that Caitlin and Tyler were not mature enough to understand what they were agreeing to. And that's why they should have... I think that you need to recognize that a 16-year-old is not mature enough, which is why they need to be with a parent that's like, yeah, I'm willing to do an open adoption. I'm willing to work with these 16-year-olds who don't quite understand what they're agreeing to, and I want to work with them for the next 18 years into having, like, not a blended family, but, like, an open relationship with them. And I think it's very clear that Brandon and Teresa were never interested in that. Rightfully, they don't have to be interested in that, which is why it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, they should have been paired with a couple. And I think... Based on what I just read in that adoption agreement, like Brandon and Teresa have gone above and beyond. If you remember, as as I said, in early seasons, Kate and Tyler didn't have their phone number. They didn't know their last name. They didn't like know where they lit. Like there's a Brandon and Teresa, I think, have grown with them, but not at the level in which like I think was appropriate to match them with such a young first time parent adoption. I just don't think anybody all around was managed correctly there. Um, but it's what happened, and I don't think that – I think that Caitlin and Tyler acting like they deserved an explanation for why there would be no visit just kind of shows why, like, they, they're they not mature in this yeah, situation. Yeah, and they still don't fully get it. They still don't fully get it, and – as I've said, like, if you guys go back and listen, I had a woman named Natalie on who I love. She's amazing. Hi, Natalie. And we, she's a birth mom. Like, this was in May 2017 that I did this, I remember. And we watched 16, we did Caitlin and Tyler 16 Pregnant, and we talked a lot about, like, her views as a birth mom, and, like, she has an open adoption, and, like, what, I really suggest you guys all go back and listen. I think it was a like, the last week in May 2017, like, around there. Um, And she gave, like, a really interesting perspective and was more on Caitlyn and Tyler's side than I think most of us who watch it. It was really eye-opening and great. And what we talked about was, like, just, like, she's like, I can't imagine being on a TV show where I had to talk about my adoption all the time. It's just, like, pouring salt into a wound constantly. We talk about this all the time. It's just, like, Caitlyn just, like, lives and breathes her trauma at all time for her job. Her livelihood depends on her trauma. And that's, like, a sick, sick, sick place to be. Like, I can't, I can't imagine being in that position. But the thing that, like, really got me was I thought Teresa gave her, like, a really nice explanation. Like, and here's another thing that we need to remember. We don't know 
shit about Brandon and Teresa exactly. or Carly. For all we know, Brandon and Teresa are getting divorced right now. That's true. For all we know, like, Brandon's mom died, and she's been helping raise Carly, and so Carly's had a devastating year because her grandmother died. Maybe Carly got a serious mental health diagnosis. Maybe she has severe ADHD, yeah. and they're transferring her schools, and she's acting out. Maybe the little brother got an autism diagnosis, and, like, they're really having issues as a family. Like, there could be... So many fucking things that have nothing to do with anything that are nobody's business. So what Teresa says is Carly's having a hard year adjusting and we just don't think it's a good idea to meet up this year. Like that, that is such like a catch all, like this could be about anything. And so for Caitlin and Tyler to be like, well, and all these people online, because like the response to this has been crazy because Caitlin and Tyler have a lot of fans that are like, literally believe that Carly should like go move back with them like (laughs) it's so it's so fucked up but I do feel for Caitlin and Tyler I do too because I think they were mismatched with Brandon and Teresa and I don't think that's fair but it's what happened and it's now been nine years and what is there yeah and I think they have a lot of regret a lot well, and, they didn't know they'd be fucking millionaires. Right, exactly. I can't, I cannot, like, I want to pick up my chair right now and throw it because I just, like, whenever I think about this, I have, like, such a, like, outburst of emotion thinking of the idea of being 16, extremely poor, an abused child myself, giving up my baby, and then becoming a fucking millionaire in two years. But the thing is, is I don't think they would be on the show if it weren't no, they well choice. Okay, here, they would be. And let me explain to you how they would be. If they had backed out of the adoption, so they had been placed, they were pla- planning on placing the baby. Okay. But remember at the end, Caitlin, like, of her 16 pregnant, yes. like, and then they had the they baby for, like, her. 12 hours when they were yeah. only supposed to have the baby for like a minute and Caitlin wasn't even gonna remember there was like a lot of like uh oh is Kate gonna give the baby I think first of all I think that would have been an incredible 16 and pregnant episode if at the last Agreed. minute the mom decided to keep the baby yeah. and not give the baby up for adoption that kind of happened I recapped um why can't I think of her fucking name Dan why is her name Danielle oh I can't think of her name but I recapped this gonna drive me Ashley Salazar. I recapped yeah. Ashley Salazar, 16 and pregnant, who gave her baby up for adoption to her and an uncle, took the baby back. How? Because it was family. And they let her take the baby okay. back. And then gave the baby up again. And to still, the yeah, to the same people. And still, like, 10 years later, is deeply struggling with it. Sees the baby all day. It, it's a mess. But... So I think Kaylin and Tyler would have still had an extremely well-received 16 and Pregnant episode. And then for Teen Mom, they actually offered it. There was only six episodes of the first season of Teen Mom. And they offered it to everybody. Teen Mom. Or of the first All season of 16 and Pregnant. So it was Farrah, Amber, Caitlin, uh, Macy, then Whitney, and Ebony. And Whitney and Ebony were both offered Teen Mom as well, but they had to turn it down because Whitney had a sick... Her son was born, like, with health problems and just wasn't interested in, like, continuing a reality TV show. And I'm sure they were offering, like, $25,000. And she's like, no, like, (laughs) this isn't enough. And Ebony lived on a military base because her husband had joined the military. That's why it was just the four girls. Is Ebony the one that died? No, no, that's, um... Didn't I just do her? Vanessa? Oh, right. Okay. Ebony was in the first season, and she ended up having drama. Like, the kids got taken away at one point because the, like, CPS came and there was, like, dog shit smeared all over the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, There was something with her. So, Caitlin and Tyler 
if they everything had gone the same except they didn't end up giving Carly away, I think still would have been okay. on Teen Mom. I agree with that. But even still, in this world where they didn't, like, your mind doesn't think, like, well, if I didn't give Carly up, like, we wouldn't be on the show. Like, I just can't imagine, like, you give the baby up and then, like, you win the fucking lottery, essentially. Yeah, it's a, it's a mind fuck. It's beyond a mind. Like, I, like, like I said, like, that, just thinking about, it, like, fills me with such an emotion that, like, I can't fully pinpoint what it is. But I think it's like an explosion of empathy that I feel yeah. because it's just so sad. I, I agree, but I also I think it also shows that at such a young age how how mature and level headed they were able to be for the sake of that baby. Because oh, at ab- that time it's they the, would be a horrible situation. You know what's so funny? So I think Caitlin and Tyler, and I've thought this for a while. I think Caitlin and Tyler. People have gone so progressively like down on their feelings on them, and I think it's because they made such a mature decision at 16 that people expect them to continue being that mature for the rest of their lives. But the reality is, is I don't think they were that mature. They just made the right decision that one time. You know what I mean? Like that one time they made the right decision and they were held up as like the most mature people to ever be on reality TV when that wasn't the case at all. They just like made this one good choice. And, yeah, so now it comes to current time. So not only do we have no idea what's going on in Carly's world and Brandon and Teresa's world, like, none. We have no idea. Not only that, if you're Teresa and Brandon, you're checking in to Us Weekly, to Teen Mom. You turn on, you happen to turn on the TV, because remember, this is being filmed. Oh, Carly's ninth birthday. I just read it. It's May 18th, my ex-boyfriend's birthday. So this is, wow, they're all off on timelines in between the stories. I hate that. But I think it's because, and I think I discussed this in an earlier episode, Macy was refusing to film Mm -hmm. for a while, so she's way behind. And Kate, I'm pretty sure Kate and Tyler never took a break in between seasons, because remember, she went right to rehab. And I remember Ashley saying that MTV was filming that rehab stay, and I bet it was like are paying for that rehab saying I bet it was on condition that they kept filming so I don't think Kate and Tyler took a break at all where like Amber didn't well, start filming Kate again took a break <laughs> Tyler didn't yeah but like filming I know, I yeah. Yeah, yeah so I think Amber started filming in like May Bristol started filming Bristol and Cheyenne probably started filming in June Macy didn't start filming till July but Kate and Tyler were, f- were filming in February so I think they're just like all fucked up on timelines but so it's May and during May, like, Teresa's turning on the TV and Kate's talking about, I'm going to treatment because I thought of all the ways I'm going to kill myself today. That's what she said. And if you're Teresa, like, I think you guys have known if you're following, if you read my Reddit comments, if you see me on Instagram or Twitter, like, I have been, and on this podcast, of course, I've been extremely empathetic to Kate. I think people have given her a lot of shit for going to the treatments. They call it a vacation. They say, Tyler's such a hero for doing everything for Nova. Whatever. She's a bad wife. She's a bad mom. I've been very, very empathetic towards her. I think that she did what she had to do to live. I think that people really, like, over-exaggerate how much of a vacation it was. I also think, like, literally who cares if she skipped a couple sessions. Like, like Tyler said, like, she missed a session and, like, laid in bed. Like, everybody who's ever been to rehab has done that. Trust me from personal like experience. Yeah, like, and people are like, she was skipping sessions all the time because he, like, mentioned it once. Okay. People are very angry about Caitlin going to treatment. And I have not felt that way at all. I think she's made 
she's alive. Caitlin's alive. Yeah. I think she made the choices. I think she could have tried outpatient. I don't think she had to go, but she went, and it's okay. And I really don't think Nova's going to be scarred for life. Parent, I agree. Parents leave their kids sometimes. But I can also not blame Teresa for being like, I don't really think it's a good idea to see for Carly to see them this year. Like, they're calling and trying to make a... a- a time to visit what a month after her getting out of yeah the like and while this shit's airing like if you're Teresa and you see kate talking about killing herself on tv you're like i probably don't want her around my daughter this year and the thing is is her daughter is going to be able to access all of this stuff yeah you know? like yeah like i just i don't like obviously kate wouldn't like come in and be like i try to kill myself this year like when she meets with carly but i don't think it's wrong that Teresa is like Let's just skip this year. She Agreed. didn't say I'll never see you again. But like, can you blame if you were in Brandon and Teresa's shoes and you saw this shit show that was literally being aired on national and international TV and you're getting these texts like, when can I see her? When can I see her? I'd be like, probably in two years. <laughs> and the thing is, is, and this was talked about towards the end. It's the all the communication has kind of been a transaction, mm-hmm. you know. It it it, it never has how Carly is, yeah, yeah. Like, and it was a great suggestion from Dawn. Yeah, to see what she's up to. Well, what she likes. it was. I would say in general that was a great discu- okay. that was a great suggestion from Dawn. I think they needed that suggestion two years ago, <laughs> yes. and I think that post them like pestering Teresa for a visit because Kate was like and then she didn't respond so I sent this and then she didn't respond so I sent that like Kate had texted her multiple times without her responding um and that's when Teresa was finally like we're not doing it Carly's not in a good place right now or she didn't even say not in a good place but yeah she's having trouble like just normal kid stuff so I think Dawn needed should have said like maybe you should not contact them for a couple months and like let it breathe But in in general, I agree that it's good advice. Two other things. One, I think that... Three other things. One, I think that them pretending like they want... Or not pretending, genuinely. I think that them presenting the need for these visits as a need for Carly and Nova had to have a bond is very inappropriate. Agreed. Uh, I don't think that that's fair of them to put on... To put on um, Carly... I don't think that Carly needs to be forced to have a relationship with Nova. I just don't think that's fair. Carly has a brother, you know? Yep. Um, and if in her future she wants to have a relationship with her biological sister and now new sister that is being born whenever, like, I think that that's... I still oh, cannot... I just realized... Wait. I know, you Kate, forgot. Kate's she, pregnant. Yeah. So we're going to see her super pregnant tonight. Or oh, my she, God. Yeah, she's I pregnant. I don't yeah. know how pregnant she'll look, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, wait, so were the pictures that were posted of her with that big belly from the last pregnancy? No, this pregnancy. Okay. Um, oh, my God. I totally did. Oh. I know. I keep forgetting that she's so pregnant. So they're not going to go to dinner with us. God, how dare pregnant. they? I don't know. Maybe We're right. trying to get Kate and Tyler to go to dinner with us. <laughs> <laughs> At least, like, like a five-minute conversation. But anyway, I just don't think that's fair to Carly to yeah. be like, well, Nova needs to bond with her. It's like Nova doesn't need to bond with Carly, actually. Nova now, I mean, she wasn't pregnant yet, but Nova's going to have another sister soon. That will be yeah. her sister. And it's not fair also to Nova to, like, constantly put this idea of Carly in her head. Because what if they grow up and Carly doesn't want shit to do with Nova? Because yeah. that's also trauma you're putting on Nova. And that's not fair. That's not fair. Nova didn't ask to be, like, 
to have this like sister that will ignore her because it's possible that Carly's going to grow up and never want to talk to any of them. Also, like that's another thing. I'm really sick of people being like, well, Carly's going to grow up and want to be super close to them or Carly's going to grow up and she's not going to want anything to do with them. We don't know shit about Carly. So we don't know shit about what she's going to want to do when she's 18. It doesn't matter what you wanted to do if you were adopted. It doesn't matter what your mom wanted to do if she was adopted. Like every case is different. Um, And I just don't think it's fair to either Carly or Nova, this idea that they need to like bond with one another because while they are biological sisters, like there's a lot of baggage. Very very much so. And Carly is going to be is growing up in a completely different very kind of different very different you know she doesn't have butch and april as grandparents yeah i i we don't know much but i can say that her grandparents are, aren't gonna be anything like that yeah you know? exactly so. it just it's not fair to anybody um i also think that having these birthday parties for carly on tv is inappropriate i completely understand them mourning that day i complete it's a hard it's i mean a literal death occurred yeah a death occurred to caitlin and tyler and like next week is the anniversary of my friend that passed away last year and like that's gonna be a sad day and so i'm gonna acknowledge it and that's like the same thing with carly and i just think that it's not fair because carly is nine years old and did not agree to have her birthday parties on tv Mm -hmm. you know and like yeah none of the kids do but at least they like benefit i don't know we can't get too deep into this because if we do, then we all have to right. stop watching Teen Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I will not Which is why we don't often on this podcast, I've discussed this before, discuss the ethics of this show. Because if we get too deep into it, we all got to turn it off. <laughs> and this podcast has to end. <laughs> and I'm not turning it off. I'll be the last few minutes <laughs> But I just don't think it's fair to Carly at this age that like they're doing a birthday cake for her on TV. You know, it's just like... It'd be nice if maybe, like, a one-off thing, like, you see on one season, and it's like, oh, we've done this every year. Yeah, well, all Kay had to do was, like, today's Carly's birthday, it's a hard day, so we did our annual celebration for her. In the voiceover. That's it. My one other comment is that Kim having the nerve to, like, discuss Tyler and Kate's parenting, uh, your kids aren't shit. First of all, like, Tyler... Tyler tried to kill himself when he was a kid. Like, Amber, we watched that meth house last... Oh, by the way, I really encourage you guys, as I said, to come on my Instagram because I've posted some wild uh, Amber updates that she's been posting. She says she's, like, not a drug addict. I'm like, I think she's still in rehab. Like, (laughs) none of it makes any sense. But, um, like, Amber or Kim, your kids ain't shit. And she's like, I guess it's old school that I just want to be tough with them. I'm like, and how did that work out for you? How yeah. did that work out for you, Kim? Kim's been really getting on my nerves this season. I agree. I agree. But, I mean, what else? Who else is? It doesn't really seem like Tyler has, like, that many, like, No, they have friends, to film with so, Kim. Yeah. They have to. And especially because most of their drama is, like, family-related. They have to. However, it was crazy. That house, was it last episode? Yeah, it was crazy. It was so crazy. Okay, let's talk about Bristol now. My favorite. <sighs> okay, my favorite. Bristol, when she comes on screen, I feel the energy being sucked out of my body. Like, she is a vampire. Very much so. She is honestly like Farah. Yeah, like, yeah, in that way that, like... But at least Farah had, like, like drama and stuff going yes. on. So Bristol just, like, comes on screen and is, like... like <sighs> That sound is her, yes. like, sucking all of my, like, happiness and joy from my body that I 
kept from watching this show. I just don't care about her. What I do care about is one Dakota Meyer, yes. who is My boo. a fucking star. Like, truly, truly lives like nobody's watching him. And for a reality TV person to come on and act like there are not cameras is so rare in 2018 because everybody knows how reality TV works except Dakota. And he just gets on the phone and he's like, someone had broken my house. I'm not crazy. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, I had no idea that they had, like, there's been like a Palin stalker. For I mean, I years. guess it makes sense. I it think totally every does. famous person has a like ongoing stalker issue. Yeah. Um, but like, I started laughing when Dakota screamed, I'm not crazy. Well, and he's not screaming. That's the thing. He's yelling. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if you guys know there's a difference, but to me, there's, like, screaming implies anger. I think Dakota just yells. Screaming is what Farrah did to all the producers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Farrah screamed. Dakota just, like, yells nonsense. And, like, I'm sure if you're Bristol, it doesn't feel that different. Right. But to me as a viewer, he doesn't even seem angry. He's just like, I'm not crazy. I told you we need to protect ourselves. And she's like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, but I think Bristol said she was like. Well, I think that. Okay, I think that Dakota feels like Bristol gaslit him. How so? Like, I think Dakota, when he said, like, I told you we need to talk about this. I told you we need to protect the girls. And every time I tried to talk to you about it, you said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to think about it. So I have a feeling Dakota was like, let's booby trap our entire house and set up bombs in case he comes on. And then we'll all, he'll blow up. And Bristol was like, no, we're not going to do that. That's not appropriate. I don't really want to talk about this. And in her head, it's probably like, because you're fucking crazy. So when something happens, Dakota's and like, I fucking told you. And she's like, okay, but like, you didn't really say like, he's just going to come here. You said like, he's going to come here and murder everyone and blow up our house. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm sure Dakota and I, I think this is probably their entire relationship, which is why they were so bad together. I think Dakota operates at a 100 at all times and Bristol operates at a negative 0.5. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> do you know what i mean I and so yeah, like yeah. he and i think it's because of his ptsd and whatever is that like he is constantly terrified that like someone is coming to murder them all and bristol is like like avoiding it and so dakota feels like bristol is saying he's crazy but really she's just avoiding it but he is being crazy because like he's not he doesn't have a rational response to like yeah he has, like, a totally irrational response, and Bristol does, but it's just, like, in the total opposite way. Agreed. And the thing is, is Dakota, he, um, he just seems to kind of be all over the place. And he doesn't, he is, what am I trying to say? He's, I mean, I don't ever see them being, ever being compatible together, I know, I can't, I can't imagine know? them ever getting along. So, it's just seeing this it's like i feel like he's is it with a manic episode i don't know it's just like he's always he's very manic i agree he he comes with a very manic energy at all times yeah and he has this like it's almost like a nervous smile like you know he's like it's he's not smiling because he's happy yeah it's like uh i don't know it's i mean he well i think it's um in like when you have severe ptsd you have hyper i can't think of the world like hyper responsiveness and, like, I think at all times he's, like, anticipating someone and, like, killing him. Like, at all yeah. times. So I feel like here's, like, a physical example of how I think of Dakota is, like, his shoulders, like, tight and up on his tippy toes. Yes. Like, 
<laughs> like, That's like, like yeah, question. like at any point, just like ready to like lunge forward and protect himself like I really think that that's like how he is at all times and it's so crazy because Bristol is so the opposite of that and I think that it drives her nuts that she can't control the way that Dakota acts especially on camera and I don't really understand why she thought she'd be able to control the way Dakota acted on camera because I don't think she was ever able to control the way he acted but I'd love to know what she thought like the season would show of her like when she signed on what it would be and I think she is coming across okay. I, I agree. I think that she's getting some shit for leaving Dakota. And I think she had to have known that would happen. But I think in general, like, people understand why she's leaving him. And I think she is coming. I think in general, she's, like, not coming off badly. She's just, like, a soul vampire and not very interesting for me to watch. And her story isn't very compelling to me, but I really, like, Dakota. Well, a lot like she, Bristol at times, I feel like is like comes off as a robot almost. Yes, very like, she's going robotic. Going through the motions. Yeah, and that's that was something like I feel like Farah had as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, except Farah allowed the outbursts. Yes, in a way that Bristol does not. Farah just like she can't like form like proper sentences. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's... well, I think the reality is is that Bristol's a lot smarter than Farah. That's true. And Bristol has literal media training. I think we need to also remember, like, Bristol went through intensive media training yeah. in 2008. Like, with the top media trainers in the world, like, coming in to give the Palins, like, especially Bristol, who was a teen, like, a teen mom. Like, she was a pregnant teen is the word I'm looking for. And she had, like, intense media training. And I think she's just a person that naturally shuts down and has, like, a huge wall up and doesn't show her feelings. And that does not work on reality TV. Agreed. (laughs) That doesn't work. So nothing is very compelling about Bristol and her life is the issue, except Dakota. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't really care for Bristol on the show if we didn't have Dakota. Yeah. Like when Bristol's having her own scenes, I'm like, don't care. And then Dakota like FaceTimes in and I'm like... Ooh, as he like starts screaming about how he's not crazy, I'm like, love this man. Yeah, the whole karate scene. I feel like it could have been replaced <laughs> with more Dakota stuff. To yeah, be just film to honestly yeah. kick Bristol off the show and give Dakota this vibe. <laughs> Make this show co-ed. Who cares? Yeah. Or just give me a separate Dakota thirty-minute show. <laughs> yeah, I would really like a Dakota show, but I don't think we would ever get a Dakota show that we want to see because I think it would have to. It would think it would be on like um discovery and it'd be more like doomsday prepper like the man reality tv shows or like the deadliest catch type of production style and not like fun teen mom drama well do you I, get what i'm saying i get what you're saying um i think that maybe uh, and maybe this is a horrible idea but i think a lot of times like the vet- veterans get a really bad rep because they have ptsd and well you like know, that guy just like murdered 12 people exactly. last week <laughs> And maybe, Not to laugh, but like... And MTV probably isn't the best place to put this, but maybe a show where it follows a few... I mean, I think that's great to show, like, the realities of living with PTSD. I totally agree, and, like, but... like, therapy and all that stuff. But I also, like, want heightened drama. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that, like... I mean, ethically, like, that would probably be really fucked up. Like, we're gonna take mentally ill people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I want to know what your feelings on Cheyenne are. Okay, so Cheyenne, um, I, at first, I loved her. Same. At first, the first two episodes, I was, like, all on board. Yeah, and to be honest, I knew absolutely nothing about her previous shows. I thought 
I, Corey is fine. Oh, oh my God. so good looking. Um, she is definitely very immature. Yes, very um, mature. It really seems like her her parents kind of bankroll her life. She turned like twenty six this week, by the way. Oh wow, I didn't I didn't. Think I thought she was old. like twenty two. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Wow. So she's. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you should have just seen Billy's face. He's like, oh. ugh. <laughs> and now I'm looking at where I was at that age, and I'm so grateful that I had the opportunities I did. But anyways, yeah. um, so Cheyenne, she, she, she definitely is going through a lot with her daughter and the, yeah. the issue she had. I find it odd that a paternity test wasn't established until six months. I still don't quite understand um, what happened there. Yeah. Like you said with Bristol and Dakota, we kind of just jumped right into that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with Cheyenne, there, there's more backstory that I'd like. Oh, Billy brought up a really good point because I kept being like during Team Mom Young and Pregnant, I was like, I want to know more about this. I want to know more about this. And he's like, well, the five girl format doesn't lend to it. And I was like, oh, that's really true that we're not getting, like, a ton of backstory in the five-girl format. That, like, it's definitely true that we miss out on, like, these extra scenes where before we were just like, okay, more background. But, like, like a scene of Janelle talking to Barbara about her dad and possibly finding her dad would probably not happen on a five-girl format because it really is just filler scene. And in the moment, you don't, like, get that much out of it, but it just adds more and more context to these girls' lives. And I think it's, one, hard to introduce new girls in. I mean, with Brianna on, o- on Team Mom 2, we at least had her 16 and pregnant yes. and a whole season of Team Mom 3. Plus, at least for me, like, I had been keeping up with her online. So, like, I knew a fairly good amount about Brianna when she came on the show. So I never really felt that way about her because, to me, Brianna pretty much seamlessly fit in because she was part of the universe. Now, I think that the only other person that they could do that with would be Mackenzie McKay. Because yes. she had a whole team mom season. I think even if they had, like pulled a random girl off as 16 and pregnant, it still would have felt that way a little bit just because we had only had one episode right. and we most likely would not have been following them for the last eight years or whatever. Most like, I mean, there's like maybe two or three girls from 16 and pregnant that regularly like the fandom keeps in check with, I would, or keeps in contact with basically. But. So Brianna worked because, like, I knew all about Devon. I knew all about her mom. I knew all about her sister. Like, we knew it. You know what I mean? Not that much had happened in the, yeah. like, the the years. And I would feel that way about Mackenzie McKee as well. But with Bristol and Cheyenne, I'm like, I don't know anything about these girls. And we're not getting enough backstory. And I think for me, the issue with Cheyenne is that I was all on board and now it's getting boring. And I think that she would work better on a different show. And I'm not, I think that they should have just given Corey and Cheyenne their own show. Yeah, or like maybe Corey, Cheyenne, and I'm sure there's somebody else from from that the challenge. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, a, like they're all living in L.A. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? So. Like, there has to be two other people from Are You the One and uh, the Challenge that are fucking that. Like, we could have some sort of Teen Mom style, as in like a like a a reality show that just follows their lives around that isn't necessarily like a challenge or has a has like a premise beyond just like following them living their lives but i just don't feel like their scenes fit in that well with the show i think bristles do a little more and i'm not sure why but they do i think everything in cheyenne's segment is too polished it's it's very polished and there's something that we're not Seeing, because how are you 26, mm-hmm. you have this house in L.A., which I know is expensive. Yeah, but you're right, because with Bristol, we know how she has yes. this house. Because we, at least we've known Bristol. 
like we understand she has a rich family like she's been on a million different reality she's been on a couple reality shows she like i i get that but yeah i agree there's something that we don't get with cheyenne does Corey have a job does cheyenne have a job yeah, like does anybody have a job marketing. what do her parents do like there's something i think also the la factor about them like they all are reality tv mm-hmm. la like where Bristol, even though she is famous, she has a famous family, she's been on reality TV, like, she lives in Austin, like, there's something a little less polished about her scenes Yes. than there are in the Cheyenne and Corey scenes, and I think I would like to watch their scenes that we've seen so far on a different show. Like, I, I think it'd be kind of cool... For, I'm not I mean, they have. The, she has her sister is great. Yeah, like but, her dad and her stepdad and that dynamic. The fact that Zach is her stepdad's best friend's son. Like I think there's. I think they could have a show. Yes. I like agree. that. It's, it's her family, and then Corey and his friends are all. But like, I think Corey and Cheyenne could be their own show, and I think I would watch it and like it. I just don't think it works on Teen Mom OG, and I. I feel bad saying that a little bit because i've been like trying so hard to give them a chance i just don't think it makes a lot of sense because like she's 26 and like at least bristol did have a teen parent and i i did say on this podcast like i'm willing to give them a chance because i don't think being a teen mom is essential to this show and i still believe it's not i think there's just something about Corey and cheyenne that doesn't necessarily fit in with the rest of the cast and but still works for reality tv But I'm honestly not very interested in talking about them at all in Feathers in My Hair. And, like, absolutely could, at least as of now, would be glad to, like, never mention them again. Because I just don't feel like they're working on my show. I, I agree with that. Um, but I do want them to say, because I think Corey's really fine. So so we can talk. We, we can skip talking about them, but I want to just see Corey, like, shirtless. I guess I could just watch the challenge. I don't know. I've never... <laughs> But do you get what I'm saying? Like, I just, I I don't think they work on this show. And like, when she was like, drama with Zach and like seeing her parents, I'm like, I don't care about this in the context of the show. And I think I also am like starting to resent them a little bit because it's like, oh, here we go. Now we have to watch their scenes where I think if they were on their own show, I could just like be like, okay, cool. Like, let's see what happens with Corey and Zach. Yeah. You know, like, are they going to fight? And and we'd get to see more of it. Yeah. I just, there's not enough of it for me to care. I agree. I agree with that. Right? Like, there's just not enough for me to have any sort of emotional investment in their relationship. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, they're all in LA, or I guess most of them are. Do you like something where they're filming and then they go to do a challenge? Yeah. And I don't even think, like, I think they could just call the show Corey and Cheyenne. Because they're on and off again. They have this weird thing. They have a baby. Mm-hmm. She has another boyfriend. He sleeps with all these girls. And then they can just bring in other people from the challenge to film scenes. Yeah. Like, she has a great sister. She has a great family. I bet we haven't even seen Corey's family yet. Like They need to bring Faith in. From Bring Rule. Faith <laughs> in. She was on X on the Beach. She's yeah. on MTV now. Like, 100%. Faith, if you guys don't know, is on Vanderpump Rules. Or was on Vanderpump Rules. But she, like... Yeah, I think there's a lot 
to be done with Cor- I know we've called for about three spinoffs on this show yeah. so far. <laughs> Billy and I just sometimes like we go out to dinner and we just like pitch spinoffs yeah. to each other. <laughs> Literally, like all we do is discuss how to fix the shows yeah. that we like and why we know better than all the producers. And then we pitch each other spinoffs about what we would like to watch. Our best one being Erica Jane's The Pretty Mess, yeah. which is a half hour E show revolving around yeah. Mikey and Hall for team and her. Call me E. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a good one. I know. One. It's a good one. But this is like what we do. But I really do think Corey and Cheyenne, called Corey and Cheyenne, could be a show. Yeah. And I don't know why it needed to be on Teen Mom. Well, I think that they were struggling to find a replacement. Mackenzie McKee. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so why do you think they didn't do her? I think that they had trouble Okay, this is so out of left field, but I think that they had a lot of trouble with... I think if Angie never got sick, they would have put them on. And I think the reason is because Angie is such a bitch, and Mackenzie is such a weak little pushover with Angie, and Josh is such an asshole. I think it was too dark. Okay. And I think that they did not know how to edit her into the show in a way that made Angie look good. And didn't bring the wrath of and the wrath of the fandom onto Angie. And I think that they didn't know how I think that they were not interested in making a dying woman the villain. Because True. I think she is the villain. Yeah. And I think that they just like weren't sure how to like edit them in a way that wasn't so dark that you hated the woman dying from cancer. Do you think that when she passes, they might be interested in bringing her on. Possibly. Do you think I, there'd be enough? I don't. And her? I, guys, I'm not saying this was like an ethical decision, right? Because I don't think MTV gives a fuck. No, it's I, not I, an ethical decision. I think that MTV producers, like, I think production sat and watched scenes and were like, the audience will not like this. It's too. It would be way too. I hard. think the. I think that they worry about. I think on Teen Mom, there's like a. Once again, a fine line between what's too dark and what's not too dark. And I think they're struggling with Janelle with that. Yeah, true. And Janelle and David, I think they struggled with it with Amber in the past. And I think that Mackenzie brings it in in a different way. And I think that they like probably edited together some segments for her because they filmed her for a while. Like way beyond. They filmed this segment and then Macy wasn't filming. Like... They filmed Mackenzie for a while and apparently really jerked her around, which to that I say, don't film shit unless you have a contract signed, you dummy. Like, don't agree to continuous filming and don't listen to them when they say, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we're adding the fifth girl to OG, Farrah got fired, it's gonna be you. I know, but but you only signed this contract to film for this special, but like, don't worry, it'll be you. I think Mackenzie fell for that. But I really do think they edited together segments and were like, wow i don't think this works i just don't think that we can air this i don't think i think that they need the dying woman to be a lovable figure i i I get that 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 makes sense um i also i mean i'm kind of dark and twisted a little bit so i'd love to see that please Um, please and i I think angie's like a complete villain i think that's and honestly i think that's very interesting because i think that you know i have someone who's like extremely close to me whose mom got cancer and we were talking about it and she's like I just don't understand why like nothing in our relationship changed and I was like well because cancer doesn't cure narcissism 
And, um, and she was like, well, yeah, <laughs> that's true. And she's like, I just wish like now magically we had this great mother daughter relationship. And I was like, well, that's never going to happen. It didn't happen for the first however many years of your life. And it's not magically going to happen now. And I know she really struggled with that. And I think that that's a very honest and true story, but I don't think it's one that most people are interested in watching on TV. Yeah. Especially like on MTV's Teen Mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe like on an HBO show. Yeah. Like, well, what I do like with the Cheyenne. And in a drama. I think people don't want to see it on reality TV. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that works for a scripted HBO show, not on Teen Mom. Agreed. What I like about Cheyenne and like some of the girls from Young and Pregnant that aren't actually teens are that it's it's still showing a young demographic what life is like. Yeah, but it's different. They go clubbing. Yeah. Like we we skipped Jade and Young and Pregnant by accident, but like she went out to dinner with her friend, and I was like, her friend's an adult. Like her friend sat down and ordered a fucking martini. Like they were drinking <laughs> real cocktails. Like, like they live adult lives, and I do. I agree that that's interesting. I think they could have possibly put Cheyenne on Young and Pregnant, possibly, but I still think that Cheyenne and Corey don't work in an ensemble. I think uh, that's well, part of it, which is funny because they come off an ensemble right. show. But I think their relationship show does not work as an ensemble. Right, their show would work on their own. Yes, or with other people from their world, yeah. their MTV world. Yeah, I just, okay. I don't know. I'm not, I think Cheyenne is, she's very immature, but I don't think she's inherently unlikable. No, I just really. I, I just, think Corey and Cheyenne are both likable, which is why it's like, why don't I like to watch them on this show? That's what, like, at first I was like, I don't understand why I don't like this, because, like, this has everything that I like in it, but it's not working. But I do think, like, yeah, she's immature, but I think she's funny and she's nice and she's pretty and she's not a bad person. No. She's just immature. I think what would really help me is just getting all their financial records to see well, how they... You know, I like am running for president and my one platform, my one issue on my platform is that every reality TV star has to publish their tax returns. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's I mean, that includes public. Trump because he was on reality yes. TV. <laughs> But that's vote for me, Liz Bentley, twenty twenty. Bentley Roberts, twenty twenty. <laughs> Bentley Roberts could be somebody's full name. It, it probably is. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, we have Amber, who had not Amber, but Christina had a very sad episode. Um, it turns out Christina had her tubes tied, and then she got pregnant. Which, if you guys don't know this, it is possible to get pregnant with your tubes tied. There's a very, very, very small percentage that you would get pregnant and have a viable pregnancy. There's, that's like the smallest percentage. What's more likely is that you have what's called an ectopic pregnancy, which is um, like the baby, the fetus implants in your fallopian tube, and it's extremely dangerous. You can die from it. Uh, some women, after they have ectopic pregnancies, have to have like their fallopian tubes totally removed. Like it's... It's very scary. It's dangerous. And poor Christina had one. It was really sad. Um, I think she, like, she talked about she had to listen to the heartbeat. Like, the baby was a lot. Like, very sad. Very sad. Um, the big shocking news was that we found out that Amber had a miscarriage. In Vegas? In or... Vegas, where they went to party. To, remember? They went to yeah. celebrate her getting off and probation. Yeah. That's, a, I don't know. Something doesn't track. They were because she's like that's why I got so fucked up that night because I had a miscarriage. I'm like they were drinking that whole trip. That's what remember I mean. they went literally so she could drink 
because they were celebrating her getting off probation, she could drink again. Well, do you think that maybe she didn't even know she was pregnant yet? Yeah, because she said she hadn't gone to the doctor. Right. Yeah, I think something like that. I mean, or she could be lying. Not, I didn't want to say that, but I mean, I she could be. It's it, Amber, yeah. but something. I don't know, but I think that. I know Amber got a lot of heat online for, like, the way that she was like, well, I had a miscarriage. First of all, because I watch these episodes later in the week, like, I think I've talked about this. Sometimes I'll try and watch them earlier in the week, and then by the time I record, even though I have notes, like, it's completely left my memory because the show is very boring. So I have to watch. Like, Billy will always be like, did you watch OG yet? I'm like, I'm watching it on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, literally one uh, week I recorded and I had watched the episode on Tuesday and I was reading my notes and I was like, I don't remember any of this happening. Like, it's crazy after a day or two. Yeah, I need that shit fresh in my mind. Um, but, so Amber, I watched a scene and I realized, I think it was cut. I think it was edited. So it looked like Christina said, well, I had a miscarriage and amber goes i had a miscarriage (laughs) i think in reality amber said i'm sorry and i think okay do i think it's like the best thing in the world to them be like well i had a miscarriage no i think amber is trying i think she has trouble with empathy i think she has a lot of mental health disorders that make her have trouble with empathy and i think she did pretty good in that situation i didn't feel like christina felt offended i think Christina was touched that she shared it. And I yeah. think Gary and Christina know Amber, you know, and they know how she responds and they kind of mm-hmm. know about her. They definitely know about like her lack of ability to have, to give empathy to others sometimes. And like, I don't know. I think people come down very hard on Amber rightfully for some stuff and for other stuff. It's like, so she made it about herself. Who cares? Like, I I really doubt Christine and Gary cared because they know how she is. And, and you know what? It was a it was a it seemed like a great natural moment for Amber to share. Yeah. her story too. You know what was shocking? Matt gave a quote to somebody this week that was like, "Yeah, it was really sad. I just never wanted to share it because Amber never shared it." And I realized like Matt has really not like spilled anything about Amber. I wonder what she has on him. Well, remember, he took all that money. Yeah, but still. I, I feel like there's there's something. There's like, I mean, there. I can only imagine what the two of them were doing. Yeah. For the three years they were together. I can only begin to imagine what that was so like. So was she doing those, like, rants off of her meds after they broke up? They were like. Or like during. During. And okay. like, they, he would be there sometimes. Sometimes, fuck Matt, he's not here. Like. Okay. It was the whole thing. <laughs> um, but she, I don't know. I was surprised and disappointed to hear that she had gotten pregnant by him. <laughs> uh, I did want to say that, so Gary decides to get a vasectomy to basically, like, make sure that she doesn't have another eptopic, eptopic pregnancy. And she goes, I mean, Christina says, are you sure? I just, like, I, I know you really wanted a boy. Okay, was I the only one that thought, by who? I was thinking that too. Like the, what, her tubes are tied. So okay, I don't know that much about the female anatomy, but her tubes are tied. Can they still extract eggs? I think so, but if that's if that's what they would have to do right. to get her pregnant, so like he could just freeze his sperm. Right. True. Like freeze sperm, do it. Yeah, yeah, like if they would already have be having to do like like having a vasectomy wouldn't mean anything. Like he would just freeze Really, they would freeze embryos probably in that case. Like, if they were really interested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 
I don't know. It's just like, also, I think Christina's like 36. Like, she's older. Oh, she has yeah. that. And, you know, that was her second. They have, she raises Leah full time. They have her daughter, Carly. And then they also have Emily. So, like, I think she's fine with being done. Yeah. I think she was just devastated because she, like, heard the heartbeat. And when she said, like, I wish I didn't have to hear that, I was, like, very sad for her. Yeah. Um, like, very sad for her. And I think it was just, like, probably just took her so by surprise. And it wasn't, like, so upsetting that she, like, didn't have a baby. Like, a wanted baby. It was just, like, the whole situation was just very upsetting. So I don't think Christina, like, actively wants to have more kids. That they'd be, like, extracting embryos for her. Um, I actually don't know if you have your tubes. I mean, yeah, if you have your tube side and you get pregnant, like, you're pregnant. Okay. Yeah, like, it's I'm, a thing. Yeah. Like, it's a thing that happens. Feel free to comment on my Instagram and let me know about, like, what happens if you get pregnant when your tubes are tied. Yeah, please. I want to know, too. But, yeah, I just thought that was such a weird comment because I was like, wait, but she had her tubes tied. Like, the reason he didn't get a vasectomy is because she had her tubes tied and they weren't worried about getting pregnant again. Like, not because he wanted a son, if he wanted a son, like, she wouldn't have gotten her tubes tied. He's like, well, yeah, but, like, I don't want another baby right now. So, like, it's fine. I'm like, who was he having a baby with? <laughs> like, then why are you making a permanent decision? Yeah. I mean, you're... he could easily free sperm and it'd be fine. Yeah. I just was, like, I was very disordered. That conversation did not sound like, it sounded like they were making a choice for him to get a vasectomy for someone whose, the wife's tubes were not tied. Yeah. You know what I, right. like, it was not a conversation of, like, well, another question is, is, can you have your tubes tied but then get, you know, IVF? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't so, know. Uh, I don't know. I think so. Because I think all that tying your tubes, wow, this is like bad women's anatomy probably. I think all tying your tubes does is prevent like an, a fertilized egg from like implanting into your uterus, which is why you get eptocket pregnancies because they get stuck in the fallopian tube. Okay. Because it goes through the fallopian tube to the uterus, I think. You guys are, someone's listening to this and is, like, disgusted, but I don't do well, science. Well, because you still have your period on it. Yeah, so like, because yeah, you still so have, like, you yeah. have working, I mean, obviously you can, your eggs are going out. Right, okay. Sorry, I know nothing, you guys. I, I don't, I don't know a lot either. So, <laughs> but we're just a little confused because she definitely, to me, in that scene, she was like, yeah, but, like, don't you want to have a son? And it's like. Hun, your tubes are tied. Like, he's not getting a son. <laughs> There's no son <laughs> to be had. Done. Yeah. That would be a conversation for before the tubes were tied, not before the vasectomy. But I also wouldn't necessarily expect them to have those conversations. I can see them, like, getting a foster kid to yeah, adopt. Yeah, true. I can't, I can't see anybody on Team Mom adopting except Gary and Leah. I, I can see can't that. Can't you see that? Yeah. I can really see that. Not Gary and Leah, Gary, Gary. and Christina. But yeah, I could see them doing it. Oh, never mind. I was going to say something kind of dark, but I'll say it. Maybe they'll foster Ambers. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. You never know. They would. Ugh. Yeah. They would. They probably, I mean, they would. Maybe uh, they will. See, May, yeah. yeah, I can see it too. I'm rooting for Amber. I've I've always had a soft spot okay, for Okay, I'm rooting for Amber, but then this week she like went crazy online for some reason that I can't figure out and was like... Saying, like, you guys are the reason people kill themselves. To the fans? Yeah, because I think they were being really shitty to her oh. about, like, her reaction to the miscarriage. And, like, she's not wrong, but she was, like, going so crazy and was like, fuck you guys, fuck everybody. And then um, Matt gave this weird interview to the Ashley saying that MTV, oh, well, then Amber threatened to quit 
then she gave some he gave some weird interview to the Ashley saying um like Amber's being oppressed by MTV. <laughs> so to me something's not right in the water there. I, I'm starting to see signs of them cracking basically is what I'm saying. And Amber always gets very obvious when she starts to crack online. And Matt giving this I mean Andrew giving this interview like saying that MTV is editing incorrectly. It, first of all it's like Andrew worked in reality TV. Like, miss me. Like, is there, are they editing everybody so nicely on Marriage Boot Camp? Like, go fuck yourself, Andrew. And I think they're ramping up to leave, maybe, or I don't, I don't know, but I'm a little worried Wait, about oh, them. Amber's to leave the show? So she says, I don't, but I don't think Amber's single or with Matt would have ever left the show, but I wonder what Andrew's financial situation is me like. Too. And wondering if maybe it is possible for them to leave the show. Okay, I, that 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 would be a little sad, but I also think it'd be good for her. Um, I, I sh- Amber needs to delete all of her social she media. Needs no social media presence at all. She need and she needs to get off reality TV. Like she's not well, and it's not good for her to be on. I really believe that. Like Macy, maybe a year a yearly special, seeing what she's up. No, to. No, but Am- like Macy needs to get off reality TV because she's fucking boring, yeah. not because it's detrimental you're to right, her life. Amber needs to get off reality TV before she, like, kills herself on Instagram Live. That's awful. But I totally see what you're saying. Like, when she was doing okay. those lives last year, it was like... It was dark. I was, was like, so what if she kills herself? And, like, she was rambling, like, making no Like, sense. I'll never forget once, like, it was lagging and someone was like, your internet is fucked up. And she said, I have the best internet! Yeah. <laughs> I remember being like... I sit in rooms with billionaires. Yeah, like, she's like, I have Comcast, Xfinity, high speed. And, like, so angry. And I was like, she's not right. Like, <laughs> Girl, you're also in Indiana. Yeah, the like, Ma- Macy doesn't have issues like that. You know what I mean? I'm just bored watching her. Yeah. But, like, Amber, for the sake of her life, like, needs to just be able to live a life where she's not scrutinized by millions of people who think she's a piece of shit. Right. And, like, go let her move to California, like, live with her baby daddy and her kid, and, like, she can send Leah presents, like, see her in the summers, and, like, that's it. Like, she's not, she's not suited for reality TV. She's meant, she's too mentally ill. Yeah, it's sad. And in my head, I have this perfect vision, because I feel like Jade lives in the same area as her. Yeah. That her and Jade will, like, be friends. No, they should break the fourth, first of all, I want them to break the fourth wall and Team Mom Young and Pregnant. It's like, come on. We live a fourth wall broken life on Teen Mom. Yep. Don't send us back. Don't make us go back in the dark ages, MTV. But I just want Jade and Amber to get together. I agree. And, and for Amber to be like, watch out! Yeah. You Don't know, like, be on this show! Yeah, giving advice. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they're kind of similar the, I, in yeah, some ways. Yeah, so many similarities. Yeah. Especially, like, with their families. Yeah, their families, family, addiction, and... and, like, being poor, and, like, struggling, and... Although Jade is much more mature and responsible yes. than Amber, but they still have a lot in common. And you know, Jade can they can do a cooking episode oh, where Jade is cooking oh and update bake cookie or cakes by Jade has been retired. She's focusing on her career. Yeah, she's doing like VIP only requests. <laughs> kind of what I got out yet. She said only if you live local. It's like okay, girl. I'll fly to Indiana to get those cookies. Okay. <laughs> what would you do if I flew to Indiana and then flew to Philly with the cookies? I'd probably eat one. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Billy, thank you so much. I was supposed to record this last night before you got in, and then I said, Billy, I don't really feel like recording tonight, so you're going to have to record with me tomorrow. And I'm, of course, always down, so thank you for having me. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, EBP underscore feathers. Do you want to plug your Insta and Twitter? Sure. I'm on all platforms. I'm Billy is Dubomb. That's Delta Alpha Dubomb. Um... (laughs) So yeah, I also me. have him tagged on some stuff, like anything regarding the fight. He's tagged yeah. on on my Instagram, so you can easily find him. All right, guys, have a good week. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an emotionally broken psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley, produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah D. Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.